Greetings, and welcome to episode 49 of the Loaded Cart Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things that they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we take a look back at the console that was the Microsoft Xbox. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Card Podcast. It's time once again for a console retrospective, the original Xbox. I am Paul. What's Paul playing today? And with me as always is Dan, otherwise known as Chop the Viking. What's up, buddy? Getting my ass kicked. That's about it. <laughs> I mean, your life is pretty much just child raising for another probably six months to a year and then you'll be able to start playing games again yeah like i can i can squeeze in random stuff but yeah it's been like super super crazy for the past couple of weeks like as they they hit like a growth spurt around six weeks and uh they're in the middle of that right now yeah they gained almost a pound in the last week which is nuts yeah no kidding i mean Uh, for for something that starts with under 10 pounds usually that's he started at five pounds and they are now almost nine pounds or closing oh, tiny in on babies. Nine yep. That's good. How's uh how's the the oldest taking it? <laughs> she is uh understandably acting out because she wants attention. Uh, of course. I had a had a nice little scare today because I was right before we re- started recording, I was washing stuff in the sink, like all of the bottles and crap. Sure. And uh I hear a weird noise and I'm like what the hell is that noise? That's not the sink. So I turn the sink off and I'm like, that is a lot of running water. Is the, oh, no. is the washing machine on? So I went to the, like the, nope, washing machine is not on, but it's coming from above the laundry room. And the only thing that's above the laundry room is my daughter's bathtub. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so I got to sprint upstairs and I managed mm. to catch her like with only about, you know, three inches of water in the tub and she hadn't had a chance to get in yet. Uh, she was putting bubble bath in the bathtub, but apparently she uh, got access to our bathroom because the door latch is weird and it didn't latch. So she managed uh-huh. to push it open, climbed up on the counter, managed to brush her teeth, which is kind of impressive. But That's nice. there's toothpaste all over the sink and the counters. Of course. <laughs> it was all over her hands. So she decided at that point that since there was toothpaste all over, she needed to take a bath to get it off. And this is all, you know, completely unsupervised. So it's like, ah, oh, crap. Yeah, that makes gotta, sense. Because my concern was I would get upstairs and the tub would be overflowing. And they just that would have been so bad. So, yeah. so, so bad. But yeah, th- those are the kinds of things that I'm dealing with. Um, Sorry, folks. Did, this is literally the only time that Dan and I get to talk because of the kids. <laughs> And uh, something to give my daughter a, a something special to give her something to do. We bought her Christmas present early and we have a uh, inflatable bounce castle uh, for her to jump in. And she has figured out how to turn it on and off. So like whenever she wants to play with it, she just, <laughs> it's literally, it's in our dining room. Like our, we moved our dining room table out of like into the basement. And like now there's a bounce castle and toys in there. And uh, she, she just goes on and turns it on and starts jumping in it. And it's really funny. It takes about 45 seconds, if not even 45 seconds to completely inflate. It inflates so fast. It's hilarious. I, but, I did uh, see the post on Facebook about that. And I, I saw her bouncing in that. And yeah. someone asked, can I come? Yes. And 
much. And well, your wife's like, well, it's 125 pounds for the total personage in there. <laughs> I think it's 150. It's 75 pounds each. It can yeah. two people at 75 pounds each is what they recommend as a maximum. Yeah. So theoretically, one person if they're tiny pounds or or multiple people as long as the total is under 150 pounds. That's what that's what we're going with. Those are our guidelines. Awesome. But but yes. So I'll I'll just go into what I've been playing because it has been very few things. Go for it. Started South Park Fractured Butthole. It's been really, really funny so far. I've got maybe three or four hours into it. Uh I'm probably definitely not finishing it by the time we record. Um Yeah, probably not. I mean if we stay on this recording schedule, you might. Yeah. As we <laughs> our, our recording schedule shifts all over the place. It really uh, does. But no, I mean it's it's been really, really funny. I've been enjoying it so far. The the weird little superhero thing is fun. There's the weird mm-hmm. mini games involving toilets are entertaining. Uh and they break your brain because you're not used to manipulating a controller like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a bit rough. <laughs> it's like, what what is I can't do these two motions at the same time. That just doesn't make sense. My hands don't work that way. I've been playing, of course, Vainglory uh, because I can sneak little games in. And I've been playing some Minecraft because with the Better Together update and the realms and stuff that happened, we switched over to a Minecraft realm server mm-hmm. uh, because that way I can theoretically play on my iPad instead of like always having to come up and sit on a computer and play. It also works with Windows 10 and Xbox and basically everything except for PlayStation for some weird reason and Mac. I don't, I don't know, think man. the Mac uh, well, has it. Well, I think because it's owned by Microsoft now. Right, but uh, Sony has specifically not approved the cross-platform play. Like, Microsoft is ready to go. It's ready to put into the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 3 versions of the game. Just Sony won't sign off on it. So it's like, it's but entirely... That's why, because Microsoft. <laughs> but Sony's very uh, spiteful. Yeah, but apparently the the most recent big update that happened after E3, which is better together, which is what allows the Xbox version to play with the Windows 10 version and the iOS versions, uh, mm. broke Redstone for a lot of people because it it adopted the uh, Pocket Edition version of Redstone over to the Xbox and PlayStation oh 3. And they had been using the Java version of Redstone. And so... Oh. There, there are very small differences. Like, uh, if this, you know, if you don't know anything about Minecraft, I'm just blabbing words right now. But, uh, like, pistons are redstone components now. So, like, you can just literally run redstone right up to a piston, and it'll fire off instead mm-hmm. of having to like do weird workarounds to like bud power a uh, piston. Like, you can't. So, like, weird things like what is referred to as a monostable circuit that causes a sticky piston to like push a block out and then let go of it. Don't right. work. Hmm. They just so, you don't. Have to, so you literally have to replace everything, all pistons with redstone. Now. Well, right now I, I haven't seen it, but there's not a reliable way to get a sticky piston to let go of a block. So like any build in redstone that uses that functionality is just broken, like completely broken. And a lot of the stuff can be recreated with big workarounds, but it makes it there's it takes more redstone to do some things. It's really weird. Mm. I'm I'm kind of relearning redstone, which is kind of fun because I've forgotten like almost all of it. But yeah. so relearning it with a new system is kind of interesting. Yay, programming and weird blocky stuff. <laughs> Indeed. So what craziness have you been playing? I have not had the pleasure of having two kids rolling around so <laughs> two extra ones i guess 
So I've been playing Overwatch, Game Dev Tycoon, prepping for the next uh, favorite games one since I've already finished uh, Fractured Butthole, uh, Lords of the Fallen, which has been disappointing. Um, it, I, I wanted a, a like I've I've beaten everything except for Demon Souls with regards to Soulsborne games. Wanted a new one. I was like, all right, I've I've heard Lords of the Fallen is pretty okay. It's not. I'm kind of disappointed, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I've also been playing PUBG with um, Seven Days Dan and uh, GTA Online with with him and a bunch of other friends. Yeah. Uh, just I've been watching uh, IEM is having at the time of recording is having a big PUBG tournament this weekend, and it's been <laughs> some really really good stuff. Like oh yeah, man, those those pro guys are so so freaking good. Yeah, I uh, had a lot of fun yesterday. Dan and I uh, airdropped into. A uh, pretty heavily populated area, and we ended up uh, blocking off. We ended up chasing somebody up into the attic of one of the, you know, the attic houses that don't have any exits in the attic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ended up chasing them up there. They had an M16, and we were just basically putting the beat down on them with fists because we didn't have anything yet. Beat the crap out of this person. I body blocked him away from the stairs, and we just beat him until he just died and dead. Grabbed the M16. We just left nice it was hilarious we did that twice in two different games where we just beat the crap out of somebody until they, until they fell over and died and stole their weaponry and left it's nice. it's, it's been a good time we, we've been having a lot of fun at PUBG lately oh man so news yeah we can do we can do some news I, I don't know if you had a chance to check out the news but um a lot of these are pretty insane Specifically, yeah. I'm kind of upset with this one because Toji and Earl, back in the groove, has been pushed to 2018. It was supposed to release in the latter half of this year, and they're just like, it's not ready yet. We're, we're working on it. Just chill. We got a yeah. pretty cool trailer out of it, but other than that, it hasn't been... I've been a little disappointed with that. Yeah, it, it, it's been a little crazy. I, I backed them on Kickstarter, so I got their thing, but they haven't like sent out an update in like a couple of months i think and then they finally just sent one and been like hey we've been busting our ass and we keep forgetting to update you guys but mm-hmm. we're gonna have to push this back which is not a terrible thing because i mean it's it happens at the end of every you know game cycle where they're they're polishing they're polishing they're polishing and they have two choices they can either release a game that's not fully polished or uh or update it you know or, yeah. be like you or, gotta or, we gotta push or just finish it yeah or well, finish it as much as you can. That's, there's there's a point where there's diminishing returns on your investment for uh, polishing True. a game. But, I would rather have this happen than an Ubisoft release, or, which is just broken game. Yeah. Oh man. So we're not going to talk about it today about the crazy Star Wars Battlefront two thing, but that I is because know. well, that's because it's still ongoing, and we have a we're going to talk about games as services in an episode soon so i want to save that whole giant conversation because that's what it all stems from and and it still hasn't finished like uh yeah they're still dicking around disney stepped in though and i'm kind of interested about that that's that's what makes it a whole crazy topic but we'll we'll we will super dig into that story here in the near future so that, that will not be in the news today unfortunately we do, however, have uh, Twitch freeing up 30 million usernames from the now defunct Justin TV. Twitch actually bought it, I believe, and either that or a merger happened, and now it's defunct. And Twitch uh, freed up a bunch of usernames, and partner users got first dibs on the new usernames and whatnot. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So like, maybe your username that you wanted is freed up. Check it out. I think Twitch bought it a while ago. Yeah, I don't I remember how long it was. I know that they either merged or Twitch bought it. Either way, uh, Justin TV has had 
once they went defunct, they ended up uh, basically saying, hey, we should probably forget the usernames that were on there. So maybe the username is already taken or you couldn't use it because it was a part of Justin TV, but check it out. See if you get you can get your username back. Moving along, we also have Vampire, uh, the interesting RPG coming out that has said that they will... I don't think they stated that they're going to have DLC. I don't remember the article specifically. But anyway, uh, Vampire has said flat out that it needs to have an ambitious 1 million copies sold in order to be success. I think... Let's see here. It, it'll be considered a success when around 1 million copies are sold, but it will only need half of that to be profitable. These are numbers that we now reach and exceed regularly with most of our games. So it's from Focus Interactive's perspective. Um, basically, it sounds ambitious for a game of vampire scale, which has honestly been kind of small in regards to other games, but they're going to be a multi-platform release. So it's going to be PC and all of the consoles, I believe. And Focus's publishing history is on PC, but Larang, Lariang, Lariag, whatever. guys. Consoles have been actually been weighing more than PC for a few years now. Our PC revenue is constantly increasing, but we now achieve 70% of our global revenue on consoles. Our development budgets have increased a lot, and almost all our games are now multi-platform. So uh, they actually, and also what's interesting I've found about Vampire is that they didn't plan DLC. This is a purely solo experience. We did not plan DLC. We would prefer, if the reception of the game justifies, to think about a, a sequel. We and developers.nod already have some ideas as there's so many incredible things to offer in such a universe. So I'm both, I'm more intrigued to play it now that I realize that yeah. the entire experience is going to be in one package. Yeah, I, I actually find that DLC kind of is starting to pollute the the water, so to speak. Yeah, and I, I like Don't Nod stuff. They did... Uh the uh the crazy one with the time traveling teenage girls that i can never remember the name of that i actually really really like they did oh gosh what is that i know exactly what you're talking life is strange life is strange yes yeah and apparently i don't know if all of the sequels out but i think it is uh, i'm not 100 percent sure though yeah they they do some interesting games they're a french studio it looks like it's not even uh, life is strange before the storm is out yeah, uh for the prequel uh the life is strange 2 has a slate of release for 2018 yes all right. So speaking of weird game developing situations, uh, mm -hmm. CCP Games, the people who make EVE Online, have announced that they have completely ceased VR development and closed two of their studios, which is one of them was here in Atlanta and the other one was in shame. Newcastle in England, I think. Yeah. Um, it is a shame. Uh, it was also kind of telling because they had a had a VR game for Oculus Rift called Valkyrie, EVE Valkyrie, yep. which is like a, a weird space flight sim. Um, but they released an update for it recently, like a, a DLC pack, basically, that made the entire game playable without VR, which was kind of like, Gunjack. Hmm, yeah, that's weird. And then uh, now it all makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's but they've also said some weird stuff lately. Like they don't feel like, uh, you know, VR needs a killer app and VR is not going anywhere and it's still the way of the future, but they're not going to develop any VR games, which sounds really weird. Yeah, a little bit. It's like that's awesome of you to say, but your uh, your actions are speaking slightly differently for you. It's true. Oh man! All right. So I, I think you put this one in here. I, I put this one in here because I, I mentioned this last time, and I wanted to get the details straight. Uh, and it was Activision got granted a patent. Like people found this. The patent was filed in 2015, and people found it because it encourages microtransactions like it 
it shows the length that some of these you know developers go to through the publisher to make microtransactions enticing so this is how the patent works and there'll be a link in the show notes for this one for the uh, for an article for it from Kotaku that's pretty decent so mm. the way it would work so imagine call of duty so we'll we'll use call of duty as an example even though you know that's not necessarily what this is for but it right. it just makes the most sense when you put in those frames so sure so say paul and i are playing call of duty and you know just randomly online and so me being a newer player than paul gets put into a game it through the matchmaking system that's way above my gear and skill range so based on my win-loss records i get put in a higher tier game against paul because paul's been playing for a while and he's got some really good gear and you know he's he's you know won his loot boxes or whatever or bought bought a really cool gun off the store that kicks ass and so like i want to be a sniper all of my games have showed that i'm i'm doing tendencies towards being a sniper and paul is a sniper and he's been you know really good at the game and all this stuff so basically it puts me in a game against paul who is much better and better geared than me and paul absolutely wrecks my face because he's a better geared and better player than i am so the idea is that me as player a would see oh he has this really badass sniper rifle that's probably why he beat me and then it like gives you like this little nudge like oh you can buy this gun in the shop for like five dollars and so theoretically player a then goes hmm i guess i'll maybe i'll buy this gun see how it works so you buy so i would buy the gun right and then for the next few games, the matchmaking system would take me and put me in games that are way below my gear level and skill level so that I'm playing against easier people so that now I have this new gun that I just spent money on and I wreck house. Like I just kill everyone and do and like, oh my God, I'm the most amazing sniper ever. This gun made such a great difference and uh, make people feel really good about their purchases. And then in theory during this game i'm being paired with someone else who is below me on the tier level who's like a you know worse player than me less geared than me and they see me doing really awesome with this really awesome sniper rifle and it encourages them to go buy the sniper rifle and then the cycle continues mm -hmm. and that is some shady ass shit. <laughs> couldn't agree more uh whether or not they've actually instituted that particular matchmaking system is another story, yeah. but they have the patent for it. Yes, they have a patent for it. And a spokesperson from uh, Activision has very, very quickly had, had to come out and say that it was an exploratory patent filed in 2015 by an R&D team working independently from our game studios and has not been implemented in game. <laughs> and Whether or not that's true is once again another story. Yes. And even funnier than that, an official spokesperson of Bungie, um, almost like the day this story went live, made a post on Twitter that said, none of this functionality appears in Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of have to at that point, really. Oh, yeah, because it had just like Destiny had just come out like a couple for PC a couple of weeks, maybe a week before this broke, I think. And uh, yeah, they they had to do some damage control, like very, very instantaneous damage control of like yeah. none of our games use this, we promise. <laughs> and this was right around the same time that uh the open beta for star wars battlefront 2 happened like a couple of days later and oh, that, that whole loot box fiasco blew up and 
yeah like so it was just this there was a, a week where like these three or four big things hit and it just like kind of really put microtransactions on you know <laughs> like, blast yeah you guys are you guys are doing some shady shit and gamers are getting fed up which is you know they should yeah of course but again all right your topic future topic Maybe. we will talk about that soon after oh, we are after south park i think probably after uh christmas maybe are we doing the, we'll are we taking are we taking the christmas break off or i don't know how you want to handle that i have no idea yet we'll see <laughs> we'll talk all right all right we do have a future topic but we're here for a main topic which is the original xbox indeed yeah which funnily enough i i know we've talked about this on the podcast before but it was originally supposed to have a different name, but when the time came to actually name the Xbox and they came to the board to say, Hey, what should we name this thing? They're like, it's not named the Xbox. Yeah. Like the, the Xbox was the code name for it uh, yes. while they were working on it. It was just project Xbox, kind of like project yep. Scorpio for the most recent one that got renamed to the worst console name ever known to man. Which I wish they would have kept Scorpio because it was a really cool name. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's, it's like when they actually have a good name, like, I mean, Project Gotham Racing. Which, honestly, wasn't, again, wasn't supposed to be the name of the game. Yeah. It was supposed to have an actual name, but they just, and, and I believe that the, I, I remember you talking about this on the yeah. podcast, the guy who made Project Gotham is just like, you know, I'm just going to name it the dumbest fucking shit possible. So they yeah. literally, like, copyrighted shit so they literally can't do this again. Yeah, he he would name he would started naming all of his stuff that he worked on. The code names would all be like stuff that couldn't be trademarked because mm -hmm. it belonged to other people. Mm -hmm. so they would call it like Simpsons Happy Funland or something like that, so that it could not be used as the name. <laughs> You're not fucking doing me doing this to me again. <laughs> Apparently, it wasn't you know, Project Gotham Racing wasn't the first time it had happened to him, oh. and he was just really banned. Come on, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Anyway, uh, the. Xbox just had a birthday uh, this yeah. week. We're recording on Sunday, November 19th. The Xbox debuted in 2001 on November 25th in North America uh, with releases staggered to February 22nd in Japan in 2002 and March 15th in Australia and the European Union. The Xbox was obviously Microsoft's debut console and part of the sixth generation, which had the PS2 and GameCube up against it. Fun fact, it's also the first console produced by a North American company since the Atari Jaguar bit the dust in 1996. Yeah, it was, which made it kind of a big deal because, you know, they're a huge deal. Atari was kind of the only real standout uh, game company from North America. So, yeah, yay. yeah, it was good stuff. Um it actually based uh, based on a Windows architecture. Uh, it ran a custom OS and housed the Xbox dashboard UI, which featured a media player, allows users to play uh, music CDs and DVDs via the Xbox DVD Movie Play Kit. We'll get more. We'll get back to this later. And RIP CDs to the Xbox is built in hard drive to play music without the CD inserted, which is kind of cool because you could actually build tracks or playlists for uh, games on the Xbox, which I thought was kind of neat. And also was one of the first consoles to, one, have an internal HDD, uh, which kind of eliminated memory cards for the most part, and also had the dashboard and Xbox Live connected to the internet, so you could actually play games multiplayer with other people, which I thought was incredibly neat. Uh, Halo was one of the first ones that got really huge for the Xbox because it encouraged console multiplayer. Yeah, really, you could really actually, awesome. With two Xboxes, you could have eight-player 
matches of Halo. You could have four people per per Xbox. <laughs> At least I think you could do that with Halo. You might have been two per Xbox, but I thought you could think you'd do four. I think you could do four. Um, we'll get to that once we get to the cable in the uh, peripherals uh, mm-hmm. section. But yeah, the Xbox was uh, pretty pretty much based on contemporary PC hardware, had a PC architecture, uh, was huge, uh, much larger and bulkier than the PS2 and GameCube. Uh, yeah. Largely, was this was due to the standard size DVD-ROM drive and the aforementioned uh, three and a half inch uh, hard disk. Which uh, it, you can upgrade. <laughs> you absolutely could upgrade, which uh, which I thought was pretty cool because it was essentially just a box of PC. Yeah, <laughs> it was just PC components with a. Was- proprietary architecture one of the things that the hard drive kind of really opened the door for unintentionally was modding of the xbox because i knew lots of people who modded their xboxes and you could just have giant hard drives full of games <laughs> yeah he was great and in fact so, uh, I, I like that it gave way to all of these console modifications that are basically you just have a dedicated pc sitting on your shelf for gaming yeah. that's yeah, the really other, what they are now the other thing that was really interesting that it kind of gave room for too was uh this was the first console that allowed game producers to patch a game once it had been released because that was always a huge problem with console games uh was that if if there were any bugs in the game there were bugs in the game for life and with uh xbox live and the internet connection and your game you could actually like download updates and they could theoretically fix something that was broken after it got released into the mass public, which prior to this you couldn't do and you just had a buggy game and you were stuck with it. Yeah, that's like, been a plague on the like, NES. The Like Superman 64. Absolutely. Uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy has several bugs that eventually got fixed in the re-releases. Uh, mm-hmm. But for some reason, the PlayStation 1 and, Final, and uh, Nintendo copies retained some of the bugs. Like they just basically gave it a graphical update. But the yeah. Game Boy Advance and Nintendo DS copies um, fixed the issues that were with it, which I found interesting that they would really release on PS1 without ever fixing that bug. And I learned that when I was watching Dave play Final Fantasy this week. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So you have something here about weird legal disputes? I do, actually. Microsoft and NVIDIA uh, entered arbitration in 2002 over a pretty heavy dispute on the pricing of NVIDIA's chips for the Xbox. NVIDIA filed with the SEC indicating that Microsoft was seeking a $13 million discount on shipments for NVIDIA's 2002 fiscal year, which I found kind of interesting that they would seek such a huge deep discount. But honestly, the amount that they were buying, it kind of makes sense. Well, the other thing is that the my understanding was that the Xbox was being sold at a loss. Like It, it was the, indeed. The entire, they never... I don't know if they ever actually turned a profit on console sales of the original Xbox. Nope, they turned a profit on their licensing uh, to the licensing to the actually use the hardware for the Xbox as well as peripherals. Yeah, and uh, Microsoft alleged that there were huge violations of the agreement that the two companies entered, and sought reduced chipset pricing and sought to ensure that Nvidia would fulfill Microsoft's chipset orders without limits on quantity, which I think was a big objection. Was that Nvidia wanted to limit the quantity they were they were sending, mm-hmm. and they eventually privately settled in 2003 for undisclosed terms, of course, but was commented on by Jen Sung Huang, uh, then and current president. I, I know I pronounced that wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, he was the then and current president and CEO of NVIDIA, who has been CEO for a very long time, considering this was in 2003. 
This is a win for both companies, and we couldn't be more delighted with the results, he said. NVIDIA and Microsoft can now take our partnership to the next level and focus our substantial resources to maximize the full potential of the Xbox game console. And of course, the 360 does not use an NVIDIA card. It did not. You're correct. Uh, <laughs> so so that, that, that long beneficial partnership did not go to the next level. That's why there's no backwards compatibility with the original Xbox, basically, because they had to recode stuff to work for a different graphics card. They actually did eventually add that because mm -hmm. I was able to play Ninja Gaiden Black on my 360 for... Right, but that's why they had to go in and specifically mm -hmm. make patches on your 360. That's why it wasn't out-of-the-box functionality, yeah. Yes. Which uh, they could have had, like the, you know... But they, they chose not to. They chose different mm -hmm. hardware. Yeah. But what are you going to do? Yeah. We do have some sales figures, too. Yeah, let's, let's get into some good old-fashioned numbers. Yeah, um... As as we said earlier, that I don't I think they were taking a loss the entire time. But however, in the US, the Xbox was near instantly sold out in November of two thousand one. Like as soon as its launch, it went, it was a huge success, selling one point three five three million units in three months post launch. This is higher than its successor, the Xbox three sixty, as well as the GameCube, PS three, Wii U, and even the PS two and Wii. The Xbox ended up selling 24 million units worldwide, 16 million sold in North America, six in Europe, and just 2 million sold in Asia, Australia, and New Zealand. Yeah. The Xbox was almost always behind the PS2 in terms of sales, however. I'm talking about the, the original numbers that I told them were just launch. Yeah. So those three those three months. So it did not outsell the PS2 totally. Yeah, no, nothing. Yes, nothing could. Yeah. Nothing has I, yet, even. I think the 3DS has. Has it? Yeah, but one, one when we're talking about consoles, like I hard know. consoles, that's a different story. Anyway, the Xbox was out almost always behind the PS2 in terms of sales, uh, though in 2004, the Xbox outsold the PS2 in the US. Despite the lagging behind in sales, the Xbox was an overall success, especially in North America. And uh, it kept a steady second place in the generation of consoles. Unfortunately, the uh, GameCube was considered a failure, at least in terms of hardware sales. Uh, the it was It's pretty much universally beloved by console gamers because honestly it is a great console i've i have my i still have my gamecube and i love it because of the games on it were great like eternal darkness is probably one of my favorite games still and honestly i don't think i'm gonna we we're gonna do that on the podcast because i don't think like do you have access to a gamecube gamecube not currently yeah but that, that'd be a pain in the ass to set up actually, still looking at the uh well i was looking it up so the the ps two sold 155 million units worldwide yeah and as of june 30th 2016 all models of the ds had sold 154.02 million so it's like a million so, short yes the ps2 is still the reigning champion of of sales which is honestly genuinely impressive at how big the ps2 was in its time yeah so, all right you uh, put together an amazing best-selling games list. Let's get through this bad boy. So I, I went with the top five because that's kind of the big ones to talk about. So keep in mind with this that there were there were 24 million Xboxes. So mm -hmm. like the this the fifth best-selling game, one out of every 10 people bought one, slightly yeah. higher than that. And that was, as we mentioned, Project Gotham Racing. The dumbest name. And that poor bastard is probably still pissed off about it. Yeah. Uh, that sold 2.5 million. So yeah, just just north of one out of every 10. 10% of people who bought the console bought that game. I did not ever own it. So I'm I not one either. of those people. 
Not a huge uh, racing guy. Yeah. Then then you get Fable with three million copies, which I did buy. Um, I had I bought it later on. I never owned an Xbox, unfortunately. I did. I bought the uh, Lost Chapters one, so it had the uh, expansion package in with it, which is really good. Yeah. Uh, a game that we will probably talk about here in a minute, Halo Combat Evolved, sold five million. Yeah, we'll talk about that. So that's about twenty percent of people bought it. Yep. Uh, and then Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell was really surprised to see on this list at six million copies. That doesn't surprise me at all. It was really big back in this era, like when Xbox and Xbox yeah. 360 was huge. But I'm just I'm just surprised that it sold more than Halo. Um Yeah, that actually is a little surprising. It's just just one of those like, huh, that's that's actually weird. Yeah. But the the king of the Xbox, the original Xbox, with about a third of people who bought the console own the game is Halo 2 at eight million units. Yeah, so that was the granddaddy. Honestly, Halo was probably the biggest selling franchise for Microsoft yeah. for a very long time. Yes, it might actually still be. Um, the, yeah, so possibly. the thing about Halo and why we should talk about Halo is that despite the fact that some people have a lot of criticism for it, like me, um, it did introduce a huge number of people to first-person shooters. Absolutely. Like it, uh, there was a gener and like an entire generation of gamers that the first time they ever played a first person shooter shooter was Halo or Halo Two, mm -hmm. and like now all of those people play you know Call of Duty, Call of Duty, Battlefield. But yeah, but it was the you know there was an axiom at one point in time with Xbox development that if you were going to build a if you were making a first person game and you did not use the control scheme of Halo, you were automatically shooting yourself in the foot because you had this audience of five to eight million people that could instantly just pick your game up and play it and yeah. not have to think about it because they already know those controls. Unless uh, you had a really good reason to change the control scheme, you were legitimately just crippling yourself. Yeah. A, butter better, a button better be jump, damn it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like Wazda here. Yeah, for for uh, PC gamers, unless you have a good reason to change it from WASD, you're fucking yourself. Yep. Um, so some some other interesting games that were, that are kind of noteworthy that came out on the system. I have a giant list here of the ones that I really enjoyed. Uh, but so we'll we'll kind of condense it a little bit because we're a little on the pressed for time side of things. Um, <laughs> due to you know babies. Yes. Uh, so the interesting ones for me were uh like. Bioware kind of blew up on this console. Absolutely. Uh, so Knights of the Old Republic came out for it. Uh, where's the other one? Probably Jade the best Star Empire? Wars game of all time. Yeah, Jade Empire came out on it. Yep. Uh, which is a really underappreciated RPG set in China. Like, yeah. I I will probably eventually do that for a game corner because I just love the game. But we're gonna need a lot of time because it's you know it's a it's an RPG Bioware RPG. Yeah, that's gonna uh, take forever. Yeah, there there were some other Star Wars games that came out for it, which are kind of surprising, like uh, Jedi Knight Jedi Academy, uh, which yep. was an amazing amazing game. Uh, Republic Commando, which was like a tactical squad based shooter, which yeah. is which is really fun. Uh, Morrowind came out on the Xbox, which doesn't super surprise me. Um, yeah. it, it was a huge release on PC, and they want, and of course, Bethesda wants to bring their games to everybody because, well, more money. Yeah, and Horse Counter Armor. Strike also came out on Xbox, is, which is like 
What the hell? And they did not have horse armor in this version of Marlin. In I'm fact, sorry. Morrowind did not have DLC. It had expansions. No, that's right. I'm thinking of Oblivion. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm starting, I'm starting to laugh because the Dead or Alive series was on this, including yes. Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball, which... I, <laughs> I, I had to put on there because it's just, <laughs> because it is it is a noteworthy game because it it drew a lot of attention because yeah, it it, it's a very, very weird fan service game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they basically stole Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive 3 and Extreme Beach Volleyball were exclusive to the Xbox, which is kind of funny. Yeah, which um, is a little weird, but okay. Uh, uh, one that you'll appreciate, and I think you have mentioned your love of this game before, but the original Xbox had the Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay. I actually uh, bought the Xbox 360 edition of um, Dark Athena. Yeah. And which had Escape from Butcher Bay on it, and while it was a it was a remake of Butcher, Butcher Bay, right? Like a it, was, it was basically it was basically a graphical update with the um, the um, Dark Athena Assault on Dark Athena engine that they mm-hmm. used, and so they just put them both on the same disc, and it was incredibly cool that one they could fit on the same disc because those were not small games, yeah, and two that they gave us basically here here you go here's two games enjoy, yeah. They didn't need to do that, and that's kind of cool. I wish developers would do that more often now. But yeah, it was a very, very underappreciated game that came out on the system that was really good. Uh, amusingly, Rare released Conquer Live and Reloaded, which was a remake of Conquer's Bad Fur Day with a very bizarre graphical upgrade, including Conquer's Crazy Fur. Uh, it was still really good. Like it was, yeah. it was a fun game. It was just as fun as the original, but they changed multiplayer. So it wasn't fun at all? What do you mean? I didn't have any fun at all with Conquer. I think I would have rather played this one. Yeah, this one is the... good. Like if you if you have one kicking around, I think I actually have a version of it for the 360 now. For some reason, yeah. I remember it being one of the ones that got updated. Uh, but the they turned the multiplayer into a like a tactical, not really tactical, but like squad based, like a class based shooter, which the original one was not. And so it was just like, oh, this is fucking weird. The Multiplayer in the original Conquer was one of the most fun things to do on the Nintendo 64. Like it replaced GoldenEye as the like multiplayer game to play because it was just so much fun. But, yeah. yeah. Then there's I don't some, know. some other weird ones laying around. Uh, Crimson Skies, which I really wish would have a sequel made because it was, mm-hmm. if you don't know what the Crimson Skies is, it's kind of a. Like, technically, it's probably diesel punk, but it's kind of steampunk esque uh, flight Flights. game. The dogfighting simulator, yeah, I guess. Dogfighting. Yeah. Uh, developed at FASA by Jordan Weissman. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's one of his games, uh, which nice. you know, it's fun. A uh, couple of weird first person shooters that pop up here, which is kind of funny. Uh, Deus Ex Invisible War, like the sequel to the original Deus Ex, was on the yep. Xbox. Uh, so was Doom 3, which is amazing to think that that game is that old. Yeah, that made me feel old. I was about to mention <laughs> that. You want to feel old for a second? Doom 3, the third in that in that trilogy, or that yeah. series of games, is on the original Xbox. It, was, it is 16 years old now. It is a great game still. Oh, it's, it's not bad. I wish that multiplayer had been on there, and I still wish a multiplayer would come into the Doom franchise. It, they hit original Doom. They had multiplayer original Doom. Why can't you do this? Please. Yeah. I don't know if, how well the new version would translate into multiplayer because, you know, doing the, Could in- you? the kills would be... No, no, no I'm, t- I'm talking about the co-op. 
Could you imagine how fucking fun that would be? How chaotic that would be? Oh my god. Yeah. Um, So they did a weird console port of Far Cry that was called Far Cry Instincts. And they like basically, (laughs) instead of a big open world, they streamlined it and made it like a more linear experience. But it's just interesting that Far Cry got ported to the 360, the the original Xbox. See, the original Far Cry wasn't that much of an open world game either. So streamlining it even further, I I find interesting. Well, it was also graphically streamlined because mm. the original Far Cry was used as like a stress test to cripple graphics cards when you were benchmarking them. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot like uh, Crisis, which they yeah. have a same company. Yeah. Um, the Forza franchise, Forza yep. Motorsports, uh, gave birth on the uh, on the original Xbox. Like oh, that sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> It was a fun game. It was very different. It was different enough from Gran Turismo that it made it interesting. And as apparently people like it because, you know, they just released a new one. I'm just I'm just picturing some woman just plopping a child on an Xbox. Yeah, that's how it works. God. Uh, so okay. Actually, technically, Forza might have outsold Halo. Um, that's a Microsoft. Possibly. Yeah, the, just the franchise total. Just the franchise in general might have outsold I don't it. Know, I don't know. Because there's I, a lot of Halo games too, man. Yeah, let's... We'll have to we'll have to dig into that and we'll let you guys know later. Yeah, we'll follow we'll follow up on this. Um, um, Jet Set Radio Future, which was the sequel to Jet Set Radio slash Jet Grind Radio, depending on which Dreamcast you owned it for. That is also on our list to do with uh, Game Corner games later on. So keep your eyes uh, yeah, peeled for I've that. Never, I've never played the sequel. I played the original though because I freaking yep. love the original. Yep, I already um, have it on PC. I got it for free actually. Yeah. So. Mech Assault is probably the last one I want to talk about because it's a weird Mech Warrior style game that was like third person action that was almost twin stick shootery, if I remember correctly. Like you could, because you could move in one direction with one stick and rotate your turret to shoot opposite directions because it's a Mech Warrior game. Um, I'm going to mention one more though. Okay. Um, Just because uh, we're going to get to it later on in the peripherals steel battalion yes that, that uh, was, was that was actually yeah. gonna be the next one that i mentioned as a way to transition into uh into the next topic so yeah, yeah. mech assault was cool they made two of them it's another one where it's like they if they made more of those it would be really fantastic but i doubt they're going to uh, probably not but yeah let's talk about steel battalion as we transition into crazy peripherals made for this thing because steel battalion is really the one to talk about. <laughs> like there's yeah. some, there's a bunch of normal stuff that can be a little weird, but steel battalion is where the money is. So I actually want to save that for last, but just because oh. come on, you know, you want to, everything else is just going to pale in comparison to that freaking beast. You want to, you want to do it now? Uh, kind of. Cause it's, right. it's just craziness. All right. It is craziness. So, honestly, the controller was the mother of all mech piloting devices. We could honestly do an entire podcast on Steel Battalion's controller alone. Uh, we'll just kind of settle for the fact that it retailed that it currently retails for $649.95 on Amazon and houses a huge two-stick, three-pedal setup. It also had newer switches, dials, and throttle sticks that basically just allowed you to play one game and one game alone. And that was Steel well, Battalion. They, they made a sequel to it. There were two Steel Did Battalion they? games, yes. Okay. Still, there, okay, there's fine. a there's Two a games. Like, expansion sequel for the Xbox, and then they made a genuine sequel for the 360. I think that doesn't use the controller. It oh, sorry, the, it's, it uses the Connect, which is kind of even funnier. Like um, the game retails for six forty nine ninety five plus seven bucks shipping. Nice. Um, 
to explain why this thing is so crazy they basically wanted to like completely recreate the cockpit so like mm -hmm. there is a button to turn on the windshield wipers on the mech which is kind of great honestly and there's actually a need to turn them on, which is even funnier. But like, yes, well, blood will get on your windshield, right? Uh, just I think, well, maybe some of that, but I, like, it, there are genuine, there's genuinely rain, and it will impede your vision if you do not okay. wipe it off. Like, fair enough. There was actually weather, which is kind of funny, but yeah, it's just, it is a giant monstrosity of a controller, and it has like sixty something buttons, I think. Yeah. Uh, Could you imagine yeah, that in real life? Two joysticks and pedals. <laughs> Like, could you imagine that now? How how freaking awesome that would be if they really released it a new Steel Battalion now with that controller on yeah. PC. Like, I've got a three monitor setup here. That'd be fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's just even just crazy to think about. Like, it is it is the craziest of I think any console accessory because I mean it literally exists to play one game and then they like crammed out a second one that most people have never heard of to yeah. to kind of capitalize on it being in existence but like i was surprised yeah yeah, yeah. so much anyway, crazy, crazy stuff let's get back to the the rest of the list here uh with the peripherals i mean we've got tons to mention i'll try and keep them a little shorter uh you've got the duke which is the original xbox controller that big ass fucking gym like a baby fist size gym in it yeah. uh yeah so uh, one thing that i want to talk about with this like i mean it's a huge controller it, it is mm -hmm. one of the biggest controllers that was ever made Let's for put it this console? way. It's two pounds, which yeah. is huge for a controller. To put that in perspective, the current, the most current console from Nintendo, the Switch, the entire console is 14.05 ounces with the Joy-Cons attached, 10.84 without. It's not much bigger than the Dreamcast controller, but it feels yeah, about the same in it, your hand. It does not. It is not much. Like, that was, that's my big comment is people are like, oh my God, this thing is so huge. Like, I can't. I can't use it. And I'm like, I, I pick it up and I'm playing and I'm like, I, I feel like this is it slightly different shape to Dreamcast controller. It's about the yeah. same size because the Dreamcast yeah. controllers are freaking huge. Yeah. Um, and they're, and they're very, I can honestly, they're very comfortable in my hand too, yeah. but I got big fucking hands. Let's be yeah. honest here. Like a, like a, a mutual friend of ours, Joe has complained to me that the Xbox 360 and Xbox one controllers are too big for him. Like he nice. prefers a PlayStation controller. So I'm like, mm -hmm. they're really not like, this is not big. Yeah. But it's not. But yeah, the, speaking of the new Xbox 360 and Xbox One controllers, they kind of take after the S controller, is what it, as it was called when they <laughs> released the uh, was it the the slim version of the the 360? They also released the S controller or something like that. I believe so. Yeah, um, it's they, they shrunk down the jewel to a much more manageable size rather than a baby fist. Uh, it's more comfortable, about nine point six ounces. It's much more weight friendly, I guess, and. It really was controller choice for most folks, but the funny part is that Microsoft is actually re-releasing the Duke for Xbox One. Yeah, which, is which I thought hilarious. was fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I want to see if, if people actually pick it up just for nostalgia's sake. I can't wait to see the like reviews from gaming channels on it. It's going to be really funny. That's what I'm thinking is that people were nostalgic for the Duke. Like that could break a cat's back if you drop it from shoulder height. Yeah. Uh, there oh, were a bunch of wireless controllers that were made, like by a whole bunch of different people. But the the really big standout one, and this also goes for the PS2, like mm -hmm. the Logitech made wireless controllers for them, and like yeah. holy crap, were they good! 
Oh yeah. I never actually got a chance to use one, but Logitech makes some good stuff oh, for consoles. I, I still own a Logitech wireless controller for the my original Xbox. It's nice. in Virginia currently, but I still own but it. But you still own it. I would not give it, you know, get rid of it because it is that good. No, no, no. They had a ton of video cables available if you didn't want to use the standard RCA stuff. You had a vis- uh, the official advanced AV packs, the high definition AV pack, the advanced S-cart cable if you were in Europe. Tons of numerous third-party um, cables existed, but they were kind of crapshoot of quality. Uh, the the official ones, the, the advanced AV, high definition AV, and advanced S-cart, those were really good quality. The rest were just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of taking a, taking a risk. Yeah. You mentioned it earlier with the, the DVD movie playback kit thing it's a mm-hmm. uh, was a little pack that came with a remote control and an ir receiver for the remote uh and it lets you play movies and yep. kind of really the only way to do it without modding your console so yeah this was literally it though it was just a remote and ir receiver yep. and that that ir receiver gave the thing this like hey we've got this plugged in they can play movies now and it worked really well too i mean yeah. it, it was a little weird that it was kind of a bolt-on thing because i mean mm-hmm. the playstation 2 could play dvds right out of the box without mm-hmm. needing any of that stuff but yeah man it's mm-hmm. whatever at this point what are you gonna do uh there was also now i mentioned earlier that it had an internal hdd but if you wanted to take your saves with you take them to a friend's house or maybe transport them to a new console um they actually had a memory card plug-in an eight megabyte memory card allowed you to pick up transfer saves, stuff like that. And you just managed to fill up the hard drive, which honestly, um, an eight, eight gigabyte hard drive, it's kind of hard to do with saves. But yeah. yeah, if you do, you can actually put them on an eight megabyte memory card. Yep. Um, yeah, there was a uh, Xbox Live starter kit uh, that that came out eventually. Uh, it had, you know, like a month or something of service usually. Uh, had a headset so you could talk to people on it that you would just plug into the controller, I think. I think it works the same as the one for the uh, 360. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then usually it was either bundled with either the original Mech Assault or with Crimson Skies because those yeah. were the original kind of Xbox Live-enabled games or yeah. the ones that really shined on the service. Um, but that wasn't the only way to play multiplayer because they made a link cable, which was kind of like an Ethernet cable that you just could plug xboxes together with yep. you could also like literally just use a switch and like plug them in or a you yeah. know a, a ethernet yeah, hub and plug them all into the ethernet hub but this was like a, a thing specifically designed to just you could literally just plug it into two different xboxes with nothing in between them and it was like a link cable for the game boy advance or the link cable for the game boy they also had the media center extender which is basically the same thing as the dvd movie playback kit but it also allows you to stream content from an ex- uh, from a compatible Windows XP Media Center Edition PC. Who the fuck had this? In addition <laughs> to allowing for DVD playback, like what what fucking person had that particular PC handy? I don't know. Because most people that I know that did media PCs at that point in time would do them all in Linux because it was you right? could fit more movies on it. Yeah, exactly. Like it had a better partitioning. Anyway. Yeah, they had a, a wireless network adapter that you could plug in, which worked really interesting. Yeah, uh, uh, it also apparently worked well with the Xbox 360. Yeah, wouldn't know. Yeah, I I had a wireless adapter, but I had one f- that was specifically geared for the Xbox 360, not yeah, the too. wireless G. Um, <laughs> this is probably the best one on the list, aside from the battalion controller. The portable screen. 
It is a massive 7 inches in-text portable screen allowed for gaming on the go, as long as you had the required power adapter to power it, and we're willing to put up with a 7-inch screen. Nice. Apparently, there was something called the Xbox X connection, which uh, allowed you to use a PS2 controller with your Xbox, which yeah. I find kind of hilarious. Well, I mean, at the you time, it was... That on my list. I'd never heard of that thing, so yeah. that's kind of fun. Apparently, yeah, apparently it was uh, made because of the Duke, because mm-hmm. people really hated... Uh, it was a polarizing controller. Huge yeah. freaking thing. You either love it or hate it. And they made the PS2 modifi- modifier, which yeah. I thought was kind of cool. Uh, of course, you have to have cheats, cheats, cheats. If you needed the cheats anytime, the action replay had your back. It was basically the Xbox's version of Game Genie. Yeah. This the Xbox versions of action replay because it's action replay. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's some other little stuff like just, you know, random other weird headsets to wear with it. Um, and you, you noted that there was a official Halo 2 one made by Plantronics, which is kind of funny. Yeah, um, kind of neat one I found. I wonder there. if that's the start of the whole like gaming centric licensed hardware, like the Maybe. weird little headsets and mice and stuff that they sell now. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then a weird music player that had uh, basically a screensaver <laughs> that kind of pulsed and did weird shapes along with the music. Uh, yeah. A couple of my friends used to use that all the time. Uh, the music mixer also had some karaoke features too. Like you, they gave you a microphone too. Which I thought uh, was interesting. That's uh, we don't think we ever had the microphone, but yeah, huh. definitely used the music mixer, which is kind of weird. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I can't think of any more weird, random accessories. Can you? Not really. No, I didn't have one, so I, I, uh, I literally yeah. compiled this list from the internets. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Is like I would ask you what your favorite game was for the system, but like you could probably still have one because most of the games were also KOTOR. on ps2 and yeah but or yeah. pc uh kotor is a, a pretty pretty good choice um mine was probably either I, I i gotta say it's probably jade empire that was the one game i really played for it that was like holy crap this is really really good there was also a really really weird game that kind of capitalized on the grand theft auto thing that was called get up and it's literally a game where you just run around spray painting stuff like you are a graffiti artist and you you run around tagging things and i don't think it came out for anything other than the three that that generation of consoles and like i don't think it's ever had a remake uh but it was very very weird and very different and like had like a bunch of really famous graffiti artists at the time supplying art to the game for your tags uh it's like I think it was even sponsored by Mark Echo, like that clo- weird clothing brand. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was strange. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was a very weird game, but uh, yeah, that was definitely one of those interesting things. Like, there's just a bunch of really weird stuff for that generation. Um, yeah, yeah, lots of crazy stuff. If you just would were willing to go uh, bargain bin hunting at GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> Once the 360 and stuff came out, I was like, you could find some really, really great craziness. I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, Anything else? Uh, no, man. Let's let's take it home so I don't get yelled at. <laughs> Wrap the shit up. Our next episode is going to be a Game Corner episode. Obviously, the South Park episode. The Fractured Butthole is coming up next. We've got our next favorite game, which is mine. It's going to be Game Dev Tycoon. I'm excited about that. I actually have another one lined up that I've oh, been shit. playing a little bit i'm excited about that too but we'll mention that in the, the game the game corner episode um well if you 
want to get in contact with us, you can get in contact with us over at podcast at loadedcardgaming.com. That is our email. You can contact me at Paul Cluel on Twitter, or Dan runs both the Loaded Cart account at Loaded Cart and his own at Shop the Viking. You can find us over on Twitch once we're able to start streaming again. Uh, I'm at twitch.tv slash what's Paul playing today, and he is over at twitch.tv slash Shop the Viking. I doubt he's going to be streaming anytime soon, yeah. but once he finally has time, I'm sure he will. Give me a couple uh, more months, I think, at this point. Something like that. <laughs> Maybe six months or so. Uh, if you want to find us on social media, all the links are in the show notes over at loadercartgaming.com. And if you love us, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or whatever the hell you're listening to us on. It really does help other people find the show, and it is the biggest thing you can do to help us out. Unless you want to give us a few bucks here or there and you can check over our patreon at uh, patreon.com slash loaded card gaming thank you to everyone who has decided to donate so far we sincerely appreciate it and if you just want to make a single time donation feel free to buy a t-shirt because that would also help us out working yeah. on working on getting some more designs up so we'll see we'll see and maybe a coffee mug. Really want a coffee yes mug. we need the coffee mug, so that, coffee that'll, mug be, that'll be our next thing it may not be up to paul's size requirements but we'll see no i mean you you can see the mug here that i have yes this is a 16 ounce mug for crying out loud <laughs> yep all right let's let's take it home all right folks uh, since we we kind of have a few things to do um see you later and here's some smooth jazz to play you out Hey folks, Paul here. I couldn't find anything really stinger-worthy since it's been kind of no-nonsense with uh, all of us being pressed for time. I'm doing the editing on Thanksgiving Day, so on behalf of Loaded Car Gaming, myself and Dan, we really appreciate you. Thank you for listening, and we hope you had a happy Thanksgiving.